It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Standing on the North Bank, a Swansea City podcast from Wales Online. Joined today by Andrew Gwillam and Ethan Harris. Um, two games to discuss. Um, we'll start with Bristol City, obviously the first one. Uh, awful start, Grill, and disappointing really considering the feel-good factor from the previous Tuesday night against Leeds. Yeah, as you say, you know, conceding after 29 seconds is uh, far from ideal. And I think, um, I think Swansea just looked a little flat. Uh, you know, compared to the sort of energy levels we saw in the draw with Leeds on a Tuesday night, um, you know, Bristol City, you know, they were able to sort of sit off a little bit, be quite compact. Uh, Swansea found it difficult to find any space between the lines, and you know, out wide, uh, Barry Mackay and Joel Osoro made little impact really. So, yeah, very frustrating, uh, very frustrating game and result. You know, able to quite build on. You know so many of the positives we saw against Leeds, but I, I think we've said it before. I think this is what the season is is going to look like. I think there will be games like Leeds where it clicks into gear and things go well, and there's a lot to be encouraged by. And then I think there'll be uh, sort of doses of harsh reality mm. dished out by other sides along the way, where on the days when Swansea aren't quite right, you know they will find it hard. And mm. yeah, look. The, that isn't just true of this side. That used to be true of teams under Roberto Martinez, Brendan Rodgers, and even Michael Laudrup. You know, they, they had days when, if they weren't quite at it, and they'd come up against you know well-organized sides, uh, physical sides, then occasionally they would struggle. And you know, this team, very young team, proving no difference so far. You think this was a bit of a case of after the Lord Mayor's show, a big game um, Tuesday, huge atmosphere um, against one of the likely title contenders perhaps possibly against Leeds possibly I mean uh, I think there was an expectation wasn't there that Swansea would lose that game against Leeds and I think that adds a little bit of edge to your preparation when you know that if you're not you're not quite active against a side like that you could easily ship three or four as you'd seen Stoke and uh, Derby do earlier in the season but even you know even so you know, the Bristol City game is to all intents and purposes a Derby for Swansea this season yeah, true. And, and you think on the back of having played so well You'd, you'd, you'd want to go out and do the same again um, yeah. and just a little bit flat you know, a lot of young players having to back up from a Tuesday to a Saturday which is a lot you know the championship is a lot about that and this is the first time Swansea have had to do it this season and you know it looked a little bit of, bit of a struggle for them Ethan um, what have you thought of Swansea so far this season is there any particular players that have, have st stood out for you yeah uh, I think Chilina definitely is the main sort of man in that squad so far this season. Uh, he's certainly been the one that's been the biggest creative force in that matter. Uh, Ollie McBurnie as well. Uh, he's sort of providing the goals, top goal scorer so far in the league. Uh, he's sort of the one that they look to in that presence up front. I think it's uh, a bit difficult with the squad they have at the moment. It's very threadbare. Uh, injuries are going to start piling up, and I think that's something that showed against Bristol is. Uh, they sort of didn't have enough bodies to rest, and I think after a taxing Leeds performance, 
that certainly uh, was evident in that game. Yeah, that came out in the press conference afterwards that McBurney would be playing with a broken toe, was it? I yeah, cracking right. his toe. Cracking yeah. his toe. Um, and that was always going to be... They were always going to keep their fingers crossed over the fitness of... McBurney is turning into a sort of a talisman yeah. for them. And the fact that he is... I know that Potter said that he should be okay and play on, but it shouldn't really be like this, should it? The oh. fact that he shouldn't be playing, and and then Fulton obviously played on with a with a broken arm, so a uh, broken hand, sorry. Yeah. Uh, but it shouldn't happen, should it? Really? No, it, uh, injuries will happen. You, yeah, you, know, you course, can't yeah. Um, you, you can't prevent that. Those are those those are inevitable. I, I think the issue here is that it is not fair on these guys that they're having to back up when they're carrying. Injuries so early in the season. I mean, you know, Graham Potter said the other night that you know Ollie McBurney is already not in the greatest of shape because you know he's taken a knock to his knee as well. And you know what you want is the option that when Ollie's feeling it a little bit and there's a bit of wear and tear, that there's a genuine option to come on and replace him. And I think you look at the Bristol City game last last weekend. I know Courtney Baker Richardson's on the bench, but it'd be a lot to ask to throw him him in. And in the end, you know, it ended up with a change of shape and Leroy Fur coming on. And I, you know, I kind of feel like there was maybe a little bit of a point made by Potter there. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, look, I'm having to take off my top scorer. I haven't got a, you know, I haven't got a genuine striking option I can put up alongside him or just to give him a rest. And I'm having to now play without a recognised striker. And then to point out, oh, by the way, as well as he's done, he's playing with a crack toe. Mm. Uh, I just, I just think that. Leroy for himself coming back from injury not is, too long ago as well. So. You, you know, it, it doesn't take much, does it, for that squad to be exposed. You know, Fulton's broken bone in his hand. You know, I know we'll come on to the Palace game in a second, but for recovering from an injury, you know that one of Carroll and Grimes are going to have to play at Millwall this weekend, but they both have to start in midweek because mm. there's no, there's nothing beyond them, and that's just a damning indictment of how thin that squad is. And, and that's not having to pop with the players in the squad now. It's the no. fact that they need more They need more help. You know, it's blatantly it, obvious. Also, good to see the youngsters play, but youngsters haven't been exposed to full 90-minute football at this intensity. So they are going to need rests, even yeah. though they are you know, still, still young, obviously. And, but there's no, there's no backup... In, in quite a few positions, really. Yeah, that squad is not going to go through forty-six games in the championship. No. Sim- sim- quite quite simply, you know, for all for all the will and the want of those players and the manager and his staff, there are inevitably going to come times when they're going to be in big trouble. Yeah, and, and they're going to have some real. Selection. It's a physical league as well. You can't yeah. expect the squad just to stay clear of injuries throughout the entire season. They yeah. will be exposed if they don't get anybody into. Yeah, I, it just feels like. You know the ownership uh, sitting down and crossing their fingers and hoping that everything will be all right. You know, and sticking your fingers in your ears is not, you know, is not really going to do the job. It's a brutal division, also relentless, yeah. isn't it? We've seen it already with um, Saturday, Tuesday games, Friday night games, then playing again the next midweek. It's it is um, it is pretty brutal. Um, I suppose that's a decent segue then to the Palace game on on Tuesday nights, um, the cup game. We kind of speculated in the build-up about who who on earth was going to play. Um, it was great to see some of the, the youngsters, wasn't it? And, and I think there was uh, a lot of them. In fact, all of them really equipped themselves very yeah. well. 
Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think there's any there were any youngsters in that side who you would say had a you know had a poor night or a, or a bad night. They were they all contributed. I think they all emerged with a lot of credit. You know, I mean, you know, astonishing to think that there were seven seven first team debuts in total that night. There were two guys making their first starts. Um, you know, fourteen of the eighteen were twenty three or under. Uh, average age of the starting eleven was under twenty three. Yeah. Average age of the eighteen was twenty two and a half. You know, those are you know, those are quite astonishing statistics, really. And you very rarely see that happen in any one game on uh, any one day for a club. So sums up how thin Swansea are. But you give full credit to the guys who came in. I thought Brandon Cooper and Kean Harris are very impressive at the back, um, particularly Brandon Cooper. You know, Kean Harris a little bit older than him. And has got some football league experience in his time at Coventry. You know, great to see George Byers get a long overdue first team debut yeah. in the number ten role. Uh, you know, and guys like Dan James, Jan Dander, step up. And I, I thought I thought Matt Grimes had a, a pretty tidy game in midfield there as well. So, well, he's, you know, a, he's a veteran compared to some of the others. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, um, yeah, look, full, you know, hats, hats off to them because you know they are they've been thrown in and asked. To either sink or swim, yeah. And you'd have to say that they're they're paddling along <laughs> pretty well so far. In, just in managing to stay afloat. Just stay afloat. Yeah, yeah. Ethan, you were particularly impressed by Dan James. You were saying earlier. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think um, he definitely offered a lot during the game against Palace. I think he was the likeliest man to score for the for the host that game. Uh, he was always an option. I think uh, his pace he used very well, and uh, he seemed to grow in confidence uh, as the game went on especially during the early stages and then uh, building himself up. I think the only thing he could have could have improved upon was his finishing. He lacked a little bit of composure, but I think that shows with how young he is. Just sort of, if he keeps his game time going and keeps playing well, I think that'll come. Yeah, I think it's worth remembering, no shortage of experience and nous in that Palace side. You know, I know Roy Hodgson mourned <laughs> quite a bit about the timing of the game and what yeah. he had available to him, but you know, you look through that side... Plenty of them with Premier League experience, international experience. So, you know, a whole you know a whole lot of credit to Swansea for that performance. You know, could very easily uh, have either won that game or at least sent it to penalties. I think Roy would have uh, much rather be in the position he was in rather than Graham Potter shoes. Graham Potter shoes at the minute. Yeah, I think that. Uh, I think yeah, I'd like to know what Graham Potter yeah. made of that. Really, given uh, <laughs> in a far more difficult position than than Roy Hodgson ever was for Tuesday. Um, three players that didn't play, Routledge. Dyer Narsing. Um, if they're not getting into match day squad for that that sort of game, you've got to think, well, just what exactly is the long term plan with them? Potter seemed to uh, suggest that in his press in his post match press conference that um, they would he'd be happy happy enough for them to stay around. Yeah, and that he he suggested that they'd intimated to him that they would. Similarly, be happy to remain in Swansea, which um, you know. On, on look, I'll, I'll be honest. On both sides of that equation, that did surprise me a little bit mm. um, because the impression has very much been that those three are on the outside looking in, and there's not really appeared to be much plan to utilise them. Um, you know, I think the important thing here really is that someone makes a definitive decision because. You know, look. I know those three players in question have had quite a bit of criticism, you know, over the last eighteen months and more. But this situation is unfair on them and all parties, really, because you know, 
if they stay and they end up continuing to not be involved, mm-hmm. well, they know that's no good to them, and it's no good to Swansea, um, who will still be paying their wages. Mm. Um, and if if they're not part of the plans, they they need to go. Um, you know now whether now given what Graham Potter said the other night, uh, it would suggest that maybe if they do end up going, it'll be for financial reasons and not for football reasons. But you know if wherever that decision's been taken, someone needs to to act here. Yeah. You know uh, if if they stay, surely then they have to be Definitely. incorporated yeah, into the plans here. moving forward. Those those three players, though, if they do stay, and perhaps they aren't going to be used, that they will be taking up three yeah. places in a squad. They would be perhaps, well, we don't know if they would be blocking um, other youngsters' pathways because, well, or, fact, or incoming signings. Yeah, so if well, you're talking about cut the cutting, the slashing of the wage bill, yeah, you know, okay, they they're probably not, they probably weren't Swansea's top earners in the Premier League, but they would still be on. You know, more than decent, more than decent money. I think you know, there's a lot of speculation flying about with the end of the loan window coming in, and uh, it'll be interesting to see whether or not they do stay. But at the end of the day, it's it's not sort of the profile that Graham Potter no. looks for. He put his trust in a lot of younger players this season. He's brought in a lot of younger players. So, but I think Swansea do need that experience and a few experienced heads around the squad just to show them what they should be doing. Yeah, yeah. And the interesting thing with Narsing is we've. We've seen Jefferson Montero's come back, and he appears to be part of the plans. You know, he is he's seeing some game time. Yeah, it's kind of surprising that Narsing doesn't appear to be getting the same, you know, the same opportunity really. So, um, you know, it's just someone's someone's got to make a decision. And you know, let's be honest, as with so much that's gone on recently, what, why is this? Why is this lingering over things now? Yeah. Why isn't it, Why isn't the decision being? Taken earlier in the window, you know, there's every chance there's been a lack of interest in some quarters. You know, I mean, Reading were after Dyer, but then they signed Josh Sims from Southampton, so they decided not to continue with their interest there. I mean, but you know, it, again, this has all been done rather last minute, isn't mm. it? And um, well, in keeping with the theme of the summer in yeah. January, I think with his team selections and his match day squads, he's Potter's pretty much nailed his, his yeah. colours to the mast. Anyway, it does feel that way. It does really. Yeah. Um, the loan window obviously closes um, uh, tomorrow um, on Friday. Um, we were saying earlier though, what, what, whatever happens in the next twenty four hours, that, that this score is going to be short. And this is something that Potter has alluded to ever since pretty much he took yeah. over, didn't he? In, the, in early in the summer, he said this is going to be a, a long term project, and I think that's even more evident now. Yeah, I mean, you know, you have to have long term goals and a long term picture of where you're going but that doesn't mean you can overlook the medium and short term and I think the failure to back him adequately before permanent deals um, the deadline for those passed is now being backed up by a failure to do so now yeah Um, you know there's no guarantee as we sit here now that there's anyone else coming in other than obviously Cameron Carter Vickers was confirmed as a loan signing last weekend so you know, no one can pretend that that's fair enough and that's mm. that's enough. It's not. Um, and as I said earlier, it just gives the impression that those with the purse strings have decided we're not doing any more. Um, 
fingers crossed, these guys would be all right and they'll get on with it. Yeah. And that's just not that, that's just not good enough. No matter the the financial situation, you have to have some thought for Swansea City as a sporting institution. Yeah, you know, it's got to be able to compete on the field. Um, and I, you know, I'm, I'm staggered really um, that you know it would appear that this squad is going to be tasked with at the very least getting the club through to January. Um, I don't think it's fair on the players. I don't think it's fair on the manager. Um, and if the financial situation of the club is such that they can't do any more, then someone someone needs to come out and say that um, because at the moment. You know, not to be dramatic about it, but it's got the feel of when you've previously seen clubs in the lower reaches of the Football League shift everyone out because they've had fears of going into administration. Mm. So you clear everything out and you strip back to the bare, sort of the bare minimum that you think you can get away with. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, and, and hope for the best. And it's hard to see how that squad are genuinely going to be anything better than mid-table this season because there just isn't enough there to sustain any prolonged period of good form in my opinion and that's not again that's nothing against the players that's nothing against the managers that's just a statement of fact about what the championship will demand of them and as we touched on earlier a couple of injuries here and there and you know you're soon going to be asking guys from the 23s to step into something that's almost entirely alien to them. Well, exactly. That's exactly what we saw on Tuesday nights. It laid bare completely that they haven't got a, a strength in depth in terms of no. uh, people who can come in straight away to to a, the, the rigours of, of championship football. And as I think you alluded to, Ethan, it is, it is a brutal division. Absolutely brutal. And it's... And it's relentless, and there's there's games coming thick and fast, and you've got, it's it's not great to chuck in youngsters into that into that in that environment. No, well, it's, well, it's, sorry, it's it's not really fair on the fans either. No. You know, you people are paying their money to come and see them play, and if the team's got barely enough players to field a starting eleven, how how are people going to feel? It's yeah, just distrust there and, as well. Yeah, you've only got to look at the fixtures after the international break, and I'm sure a lot of supporters have. Uh, I think I'm right in saying it's Nottingham Forest at home on the Saturday and then they're away to Stoke on the Tuesday and they're away to Middlesbrough on the Saturday. Three tough games. Three tough games, yeah. And you look at the squad and you think, well, ideally in that situation you'd probably like to rotate you know, because you, you know, had a lot of travelling with the, the two yeah. away games. Um, I cannot, for the life of me at the moment, see where Graham Potter could genuinely rotate his squad no. for any of those games to give guys a rest and to just freshen things up a bit and therein lies a major problem not just for that week but the other weeks that are going to be like it over the course of the season it's worth remembering there's 41 games to go that's yeah. still more than a Premier League season of football and already the injuries are talking up and yeah. yeah and the only thing you would say is never like to see Swansea lose but being out to the Carabao Cup is no bad thing because yeah, yeah. they could quite frankly do without it yeah no, I completely agree yeah. um, we've got uh, Graham Potter's post-match press conference pre-match pre-match yeah pre-match <laughs> so I'm even getting confused with the games um, so we'll have all that um, all the reaction to that on, on Wales Online a bit later 
um, just so, so you know you can get all your Swansea City uh, news on Twitter and Facebook uh, just just uh, search Swansea City Live and um, yeah well, we've got Millwall this weekend yes Millwall yeah, nice easy trip to the yeah, new den like, I can imagine that's going to be a um, physical one uh, yeah I think, I think uh, that'll be interesting in terms of how much the lessons of that yeah. Birmingham game oh, at yeah. St Andrews have been learned because that, that'll be hostile and that'll be you know Millwall got a good home record and they don't take any prisoners there I think it's fair to say so it'll be uh, interesting to see how Swansea respond and whether they've picked you know whether they've yeah. picked up those lessons absolutely okay right we'll be back next week thanks everybody thanks everybody